0: Hi, uh, welcome to the new podcast from Pencil Paper that we're tentatively calling Pod 9 from Outer Space in which we're going to watch some I think the phrase would be good-bad films and yeah, we're going to talk about them because we both love different kinds of good-bad films. I am Liz and I enjoy full-on schlock, creature features, and sci-fi original movies.
1: I'm Nick. I like weird slices of kitsch and experimental films.
0: And the first film that we have watched is 1955's The Quatermass Experiment, uh, directed by Val Guest. And if you're American, you may have heard of this as The Creeping Unknown. Aka, the film that killed a guy.
1: That's right. As part of a double feature with what was it?
0: Black Sleep.
1: Black Sleep.
0: Starring Basil Rathbone, my favourite Sherlock Holmes.
1: Yeah, that's something what we're going to be getting into in a future episode, I think.
0: I'm ho- I'm hoping for that to be episode two, if you don't mind.
1: We could
2: we could go for that double yeah. feature. Hmm. <laughs>
0: So, I think the first thing I noticed about this film is how it has a very clear message. It does. Like, there's a guy who's basically in one scene near the start and the last scene, whose whole thing is, I read the Bible and you shouldn't be doing all this science.
1: He is the simple Bible man.
0: (laughs) I think he actually calls himself a Bible man.
1: Don't think it, don't say it.
0: So the basic premise of the Quatermass experiment is three men go to space, just general space to see what's there. They come back. Two of them have been turned to jelly, and the other one is undergoing some sort of weird metamorphosis. Yep. And then he gets loose,
2: foot loose, and fancy free. Oh no, there's no fancies here. I'm a simple bible man <laughs> and I won't
1: stand for any fancies.
0: It is it is described um as a gothic science fiction which I feel is accurate just because when we were watching it you were talking about how there's a lot of very frankensteiny moments.
1: Yes, there's um one person having this horrifying um transformation he looks at uh, an innocent young girl who's just got the worst worst little kid acting
0: like full-on small girl in the 50s acting complete with a dolly having a tea party on an abandoned barge i think
1: yeah it looks oh god
0: i'm talking about how she's not like other girls because they're all interested in dresses and dolls while she does has a tea party with her doll in a dress. Yeah. Oh god and To be fair, the dress might not have been her choice. She's yeah. quite small. She can't be more than like eight.
1: Probably not. But one thing I found really it's it was just one step away from the kid literally going
0: La 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 God la. really was wasn't
1: it. that it's that kind of kid where you go, Okay, are you actually a child or did somebody put a RADA graduate in a hydraulic press to make them small enough.
0: Fun fact, that little girl grew up to almost marry Paul McCartney.
2: Oh, you mean the guy from Wings? Yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah, I don't... Th- I, I'm, I've i been trying to think if there were any big names in this, and the only one that I can really place is Dame Thora Heard. Yes. Who appears as a disgruntled Cockney woman.
1: Oh, she's so disgruntled and very
0: I choppy. I believe her name is Rosie, and she is the MVP of this film.
1: Yeah, when she opens her mouth, all you hear is the sound of bow bells.
0: This makes the dialogue difficult, but, you know, she pushes through.
1: She really does, she really does. It's, um...
2: Yeah, do not ask for whom the bow bells toll. Because you're brown bread. Indeed. Thoroughly whole Thoroughly. <laughs> So One thing I liked Is the monster The monster reveal mm. Which uh,
1: I believe it was tripe wasn't it it
0: was, it was a pile of tripe that. So they blur it So you can't tell that it's tripe But also it's really Obviously just a pile of tripe That they've mm. like Got on a string Yeah to make it crawl towards the mice in the lab.
1: What I like is this is a production around the tail end of rationing and things like that. Yeah,
0: 55.
1: Yeah. So people would be so familiar with something of tripe quality.
2: They'd be very much used to that that level of of food. So it's just... You can only go worse by putting some spam there. Honestly,
0: see the the tripe at least fits because they keep talking about this jelly and gelatinous substances. Mm. So like it kind of tracks because I think the actual description is a meaty jelly.
1: They're being haunted by nineteen seventies cooking.
0: Essentially, which I think means they're being haunted from the future, but it is sci-fi, so.
2: Okay, and watch something with future ghosts. That's pretty neat.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. I wonder if there's anything out there with future ghosts.
1: There probably is. I mean, in terms of production quality, I think they did pretty well. Cause it it's easy to mock um sci fi from the fifties and sixties. But we're not really here for that. We we want to do honest appraisals.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, considering that this is you've got practically no budget you can't do cg and all that fancy stuff nope and also like you said we're on the tail end of rationing so there's a a shortage of still quite a lot of stuff Mm. i think the tribe creature actually works quite well yeah as long as you don't think of it as the tripe beast which is what i was
1: Mm. i was trying not to think of it but and It did help by getting quite phallic, so I wasn't thinking about tripe at that point. Mm. Although I will will correct you on one minor point. There was some CGI in the film. The uh, hay the lovers cavort about in at the beginning was rendered by an IBM mainframe the size of a semi-detached house in Norfolk.
0: (laughs) The mainframe was in Norfolk, or is the size of specifically a Norfolk house?
1: Norfolk house, I mean... You know, you you get people saying, is that a normal size semi or is that a Norfolk semi?
0: I mean, it's one of the Imperial units, right, isn't it? It's a Norfolk yeah. house. Mm. That was the Haystack thing, though, I did like, because it's one of those classic horror tropes where they're about to get down to business, mm. and then the event happens. In this case, a spaceship crashes in the field next to them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. There really should be a PSA about it.
0: And that couple does not appear again. No. They They're just there to almost have sex.
1: That's
0: mm. their entire function. Did they, did they actually
1: not die?
0: No, they just don't show up again because yeah. the the farm that it crashes in gets cordoned off, which is also where one of them lives. I couldn't work out whose dad the dad was. Yeah. And then we just go to labs and hospitals in Westminster Cathedral and we don't see them again.
1: Mm. I, I quite liked, honestly, them not dying. Because you expect it so much that it's no longer a shock to you. Mm. It's it's dog bites man.
0: I like to imagine that they just went on to live normal, happy farmer lives.
1: Mm. They could have watered in many haystacks. mm Too many, some say.
0: But they're prudes. They're Bible men.
2: They are Bible men (laughs) who live by the good book. And they don't brook with any kind of sci-fi nonsense. Like space travel. Or science. Or fiction. (laughs) Or double feature picture shows. Yeah, or double. Which we know can be fatal. They can be. So, we haven't died yet. We haven't. No, we've been through one half of the double feature, and we're okay. We're spacing
1: it out for health reasons. Mm. Um, we might watch the other one later.
0: It'd be a pretty awful podcast if we died preparing for the first episode.
1: Yeah, it's it's generally seen as a bad business strategy, unless we become sort of like the, you know, the typical starving artist who who dies and then, you know, their their podcasts are worth much more.
0: And we haunt Apple Podcasts forever.
1: Yeah, we we can get some beautiful uh, posthumous uh, sponsorship deals on our
2: one episode. Like Casper. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: yeah like the the whole science is bad theme though like we definitely get it straight away because the the actual Quatermass character mm. he keeps talking about oh well it's okay if the three people in the spaceship died because they did it for science
2: they sure did
0: which, like, I don't know, it's just very interesting that there's such an anti-science bent to it. But I guess a lot of sci-fi is about sort of playing God and hubris and things like that.
2: Yeah, I th- I, I mean, think...
0: this is why Frankenstein's called The Modern Prometheus.
1: Yeah, and it makes a whole lot of sense that there'd be an explosion of sorts after World War Two. Of this kind of thing. Because I mean you in Japan, um, especially you got kind of Godzilla and stuff like that very, very explicitly and obviously about dealing with the atomic age. Mm. And I guess this is a similar similar thing. There's great powers probing the limits of space, hoping for discovery, but at the same time, as part of the broader conflict, and that's honestly existentially terrifying,
0: it really is. I guess I'm just not used to Hammer films having much of a message because that's not what Hammer is known for. Hammer is known for Vincent Price being an absolute ham around whatever monster he's facing this time.
1: Mm. it's it is
2: very fun to. To see, to see that so the the enemy being um, a sort of sort of the transgression of boundaries.
0: Mm. There is a beautiful line actually. Um, they say, "Can can we know what's on the other side of the air?" Yeah. Which is very much placing that boundary there, but it's also just so poetic. Yeah, it's like a... on the other side of the S sounds like a poem from the twenties that people read at funerals.
1: It does. It it makes me think of a of a much older, well, a lot more biblical conception of of the world and its and its contents. It feels it brings to mind like. Uh, the firmament and things like that where
2: mm.
1: they're properly piercing
2: it and it's it, it's interesting that it becomes it sets the whole thing up as kind of blasphemy
0: Yeah, which again is very early on this is um, before we actually see the the sort of infected guy
2: um, whose name I can't remember right now um I'm gonna
0: check. then I mean, you can just Um, yeah, a he's called, who he has a very interesting face. I think the guy that plays Karun Richard Wordsworth, direct descendant of William Wordsworth acting in a B movie, which honestly, I can see Wordsworth saying on the other side of the air,
2: yeah.
1: He definitely would say something like that. It's...
0: As as an English graduate, how do you think Wordsworth would feel about a film where an alien parasite turns cellular beings into jelly? Mm.
1: It's it's hard to say because I think there's definitely there's definitely a tendency towards the fantastical and romantic poetry, but Wordsworth tends to be a little bit more abstract than some of the others. Um, like Shelley and Keats and Coleridge would, and and Blake even, I think they'd be more into the concept because they're more likely to do great big um, dramas and epic bits of verse about um, feuding gods and things like that. and They'd really enjoy the theological implications. But Wordsworth, I think he had quite a conservative turn later in life, and I, I think he'd be a bit... Nonplussed about this new mass
0: entertainment. Would he be disappointed in his great 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 grandson?
2: Yeah, I believe it, that's it, the right. of greats. He would. all, Oh no. This is.
0: Was that was that your attempt at a lake's voice?
2: No, I wasn't thinking about where he was
1: from. I was, I was gonna. I was just trying to relay disappointment.
2: <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. What have you done now? You've done a science fiction. All over the floor.
0: <laughs> Trap everywhere.
2: You've
1: got it all on my on my poems, on my on my little journals.
0: <laughs> well, smudge it, lad. Another thing I really liked about this film is there's a point where his wife enlists a private eye to break him out of hospital. Which just in itself is a wild concept. But he's in hospital with PTSD and mysterious space disease.
1: Oh, I had that in Greece once.
0: (laughs) I feel like a lot of the problems could have been avoided by just Telling his wife why she couldn't see him, because he then uses a cactus that he stole from the hospital room to escape from her, and goes on the run, and ends up interrupting a broadcast of the restoration of Westminster Abbey.
1: I really enjoyed the specificity of that, honestly, especially especially because they had obviously had to work on a on a soundstage rather than the actual location,
0: yeah, the the Westminster Abbey set looks like they just borrowed it from a stage play of Hamlet. It really does, which they might well have done to be honest.
1: I thing a thing I really love about that is feasibly around around this time when you've got a whole lot of informative um BBC BBC shows, which can be quite niche or boring. You could easily just have a a regional church somewhere. Some kind of songs of praise thing Rather than Hey let's let's do this Set this in an iconic place And That um... we
0: make no attempt to imitate We don't even get an exterior shot Of Westminster Abbey Like there's got to be some b-roll That Mm. they had available That they just didn't use
2: Yeah it's like Shooting Venice in a bathtub (laughs) Is that like fish in a barrel Oh, you could put some fish in there. don't know. They're returning. Yeah. We were the virus. We were the tripe. We were the space jelly disease. <laughs> so, on a scale of
0: one to a field of tents, how camp is this film, do you think?
2: I honestly don't think it's that camp. Um... Maybe maybe a couple of tents. I'll give it, I'd say, a tent for some quite stagey acting in
1: places. Um, I feel
0: like the little girl deserves a whole camp point on her own.
1: Yeah, she's, she's definitely got a little pop-up one. <laughs> one of and,
0: those ones you play with in the garden.
1: Yeah, she's sitting out in the garden,
2: um, just minding her own business, playing with the dolls... And there's another one for the um, another one for the tripe. <laughs> Which... That
0: that one's just like a handkerchief propped up on a twig.
2: Yeah, it's a little. Because
0: honestly, they considering they were very limited in what they could achieve. The tripe, the tripe beast wasn't that bad.
1: And and honestly, yeah, it it looks gross.
0: But it's supposed to.
1: That's it's fine. Yeah, it's the person that
0: got turned into jelly.
1: That that works, and it it's quite a good literal representation of of this thing because it's it's big hunk of meat, and they said, "Look, it's a big hunk of meat, basically." Mm. So that tracks.
2: If <laughs> the science holds up.
0: So, on on this one to a field of tense scale, it's maybe. Family night in the garden.
2: Yeah, yeah, def- definitely family night in the garden. Um, you you're out there a couple hours, you get a bit bored, and you you go back inside your nice bed. So,
0: we want to thank you for listening to this experimental first episode.
1: As if the next episodes aren't going to get any less
2: experimental.
0: Um, if you- if you enjoyed it and you want to maybe chuck us a couple of quid. Please do. Um, Because we are two unemployed disabled people.
1: We need tripe.
0: I do like tripes, though.
1: Bias tripe, though.
0: Buy us tripe. Buy us tripe at uh, ko.fi.com slash nine. That's P-O-D-N-I-N-E. And we will be back With The Black Sleep.
2: Yep. See you next time.